You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Cleveland Browns dispatched the Denver Broncos 17-14, even without Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. And that means it's time for the Week 7 Pick'em Show. Welcome back. It's Pick'em Show Week 7 edition by Mageddon. <laughs> Everybody's on by. Everybody's hurt. There's only 13 games on the schedule this week. That's even one less than last week. So here we go. Maybe I miscounted. It could be 14. But for the time being, I'm going to say it's 13. So taking a look back at the Thursday night game, Denver sucks. Cleveland was without their starting quarterback. They were without their two starting running backs. Half of their defense was questionable going into that game. And they came out and punched Denver in the mouth, and the Broncos never recovered. That was kind of it. I think it was 10 nothing at the half. Denver came out and scored to start the second half on a really long drive. It took like seven minutes. They made it 17-7. They ended up getting a stop later, and they had the ball with about 11 minutes left. They were down 10, and they went on a 17-play, 80-yard drive to score the touchdown. That took six minutes off the clock, though. And as I'm watching this drive, I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? They're acting like they're ahead in this game, and they're going for the closeout score. They played with no sense of urgency whatsoever. Their play calling didn't ref- uh, reflect the fact that they needed to keep some time on the clock. And their defense hadn't played well enough to think that they could just stop Cleveland when it mattered anyway. It's like their defense had played a little bit better um, going into that fourth quarter. Like They had come out, and they had made a little bit of adjustments in the second half. But realistically, like Case Keenum played well. Uh, Darrenus Johnson ran for, I don't know, like 130, 140 yards on him, something like that. So giving the ball back to Cleveland with five minutes left in the game and they're down still a field goal at that point, and you haven't stopped their run game all night long, it just doesn't make any sense to go out there and have this kind of like dink and dunk type of drive down the field. And Cleveland realistically has a good defense, so... Maybe that had something to do with like how they wanted to approach scoring on them, but it just they they were not playing with any sense of urgency. They were slow in and out of the huddle. They were slow to the line of scrimmage. Like everything was very methodical, and you can't play that way from behind. And it was great when they were beating up on the worst teams in football in those first three games of the year. But since then, the competition got a little bit better, and Denver has lost four in a row. So Cleveland got an important win to get to four and three out of that game, especially missing the guys that they're missing. Dernis Johnson looks really good, like legitimately a good running back. Um, Very shifty in the hole, hard to tackle. I mean, I don't want to like hype too much praise on him because like he only played that one game, but he reminded me the way he runs of LaDainian Tomlinson, like really high feet when he gets into those 
uh, holes. So it's like he's picking up his feet really high so you can't just like leg tackle him easily. And it gives him fantastic lateral movement. So he was able to just like get in and out of spots and make guys miss. And then he's running downhill. And he's not like the fastest guy in the world, but shifty in tight spaces gets you a long way in the NFL. And Case Keenum didn't have the, the killer interception. He threw one. Where I was like, oh, this is the one where he's making this mistake. But uh, he threw it up the sideline, and the Denver player that came over and picked it off was out of bounds, so it wasn't a pick. But the fact that they avoided that play on the books made a big difference in that game. It allowed them to have the lead at half, and they kind of closed it out. I mean, if I'm Denver, I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater like, you're not the answer. We still don't have our answer at quarterback. Dick Fangio, I don't think, is a good coach. Um, they're imploding now. Uh, if they let him finish out the year, it looks like they won't have a winning season under Fangio. It was a good random waiver wire pickup. It wasn't random, but yeah, well, it bailed me out big time. De Ernest. The timing was kind of random. De Ernest scared stupid. Or was it not? The timing wasn't random. No, I knew Chubb and Hunt were hurt. And I knew that he was going to be the next man up. And I'm sitting here holding on to Marlon Mack like he's going to be traded into one of these favorable running back situations. And nothing is happening with him. So. All right. That makes more sense. It was a good pick. Can you hear me? Barely. Your levels are always so low. I should always start with the headphones on just to check. What about now? Yeah, that's better because you're like talking into the microphone. You're well, not but five this feet is away. <laughs> awkward position. Use the adjustable microphone arm to make it a better position for you. How's that? That's much better. <laughs> Look at that. The levels are so high. I got to turn oh it down now goodness. and edit it. I'm not a professional. Neither am I. I'm very much an amateur. All right. So we'll get into the slate of games for this week, but we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Are we? You're going to introduce the games. No. How yes. do I do that? Just open the app and look at the games and tell me which game we're talking about and we'll go down the list. All right. Let's... I want I want you to be more involved in the show. Oh, do you? And this no is pressure. how this is how you're going to do it. No pressure. So what's the first game on deck? Uh football at football team at Packers. Washington at the Packers. Got to go with the Packers there. I mean, the only way I would even consider Washington is if like Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. And then even then I would still be like, eh. I mean, I still kind of want to root for Washington though. Yeah. I mean, the thing is I actually like Washington and like, they're such an underdog. I want them to play better, but with what's going on with their ownership over there and all that, it's like, I like the core of players that they put together. And even when they've been bad, they play hard. So I appreciate that from them. But until they figure out uh, what's going on with Daniel Snyder and just uh, move on from that era, I think they'll forever be kind of like handcuffed to that. Yeah, I need my one Washington player to actually yeah. overperform. Yeah, McLaurin's great. I love McLaurin. Perform to what he's expected to perform because he's been a little disappointing. Although he did have a good week a couple weeks ago, I think. But a good week. We're in week seven. Yeah, he's been a little banged up, but he's still by far their best player. Um, They just need a little bit of help on the other side of him. Like if they could get the defenses to focus a little bit elsewhere, 
he would have bigger games, but he's still super effective considering they're double teaming him a lot and they're like showing him shadow coverage over the top. Like he still, he still does pretty damn well. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't do poorly or he's not, He's like he's just underperforming projections. Well, he's like Diggs for me, where it's like Diggs could go out there and have a good game where he has seven catches for 80 yards. But, you know, if he doesn't score a touchdown, we don't play PPR format. So he puts up eight points. And it's like I got Mike Williams, who is in the middle of his weird every other week funk. And he'll do 20 one week and one the next week after being really consistent. So... I'm worried that that's coming back. But anyway, I don't see any reason why Washington's competitive in that game. They went from having one of the best defenses in football last year to maybe the worst defense. They're right there at the bottom in a lot of like the biggest, most important categories. So, Well, especially with them being in Green Bay. Yeah, it doesn't help. (laughs) And it's like Green Bay doesn't even have to play their best football to win that game. And that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Like, Washington could come in and surprise them and play hard and give them a fight. But realistically, their defense just isn't good. So it's like, how do you slow down the Packers' offense enough to give your offense a chance when the Packers, in theory, in this equation, have the better offense and the better defense? Right. So, and they're at home. Got to take the Packers in that one. Are we are we vo- vocalizing our picks on this one? You can, but I mean, you don't have to like commit to what you're saying. You can put whatever you want into the Pick'em League. It's like when I commit my stuff, I commit it to paper and I publish it. <laughs> so I, I'm still responsible for those picks. But at the same time, when I'm trying to win that week, if I need to switch one pick to make it happen, like I did picking the Raiders to beat the Broncos at the last minute, that was a good pick, but I didn't see it coming up until... I needed to make that choice. Okay, well, I already put my picks in the app. But... Yeah, that's, I mean, you have until tomorrow to change them. I know, but I thought you don't like to hear what I'm picking either anymore. I don't like to see it, but you can tell me what you think about the game without necessarily having to commit. Yeah. Or we just move on to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going Packers on this one. Yeah. It makes the most sense. It does. That's why they're like 97% favorites. Yeah, I actually... Yeah, I won't say anything else. Okay. What's next? Uh, Chiefs at Titans. Chiefs at Titans is the next game. You know, I can't believe the Chiefs are favored in that game, to be honest. They're favored by four, and the spread originally started at five and a half. Well, I feel like how we've seen the Chiefs play this year, especially there. I feel like every time we go to pick, they're always the favorite, but yet they don't have the best record right now. I know it's like because they have Mahomes, they're like grandfathered into the sports to books. Being number one. Well, just to always be the favorite. But if you're looking at the totality of circumstance, like there's no reason for them to be the favorite in this game. Like when you look at two teams that both have like, you know. Let's be realistic. Bottom 10 defenses in the league for the most part. The Chiefs are way closer to the bottom of that 10 than the Titans are. And when you look at their offense, it's like, yeah, the Chiefs have a good offense. But, you know, the Titans have a good offense, too. The Bills brought a good offense into Tennessee, and Tennessee was able to do, like, just enough. If you look at their competition, yes, the Jets did beat 
the Titans in a game that, you know, the Titans are supposed to win that game, even with all their stars out. But the Chiefs have lost to every team with the winning record that they've played. And their common opponent, the Bills, did fucking beat the crap out of the Chiefs. That game wasn't close. And then the Bills go into Tennessee. Both games were on the road for Buffalo. And Buffalo goes into Tennessee and should win that game, but ultimately don't. And Tennessee just found a way to like hang in there and score on a tough Bills defense. So who really does have the better offense in that situation? They Kansas City, Kansas City scored 20 on the Bills. And uh, the Titans scored 34. So I'm surprised that the Chiefs are favored. After what I've seen so far, I'm probably going to pick the Titans in that game. And then they'll let me down after beating my team naturally. They'll be like, yeah, we just beat the best team in the league. But (laughs) um, I don't know. Titans probably still want revenge for the AFC title game from a couple years ago. This just isn't the Chiefs team that it was. And, like, we have to start getting used to it. It doesn't mean that they're not good. It doesn't mean that they won't get better. It doesn't mean that they can't win this game. But that the overhaul that they made on the offensive line has really hurt them so far this season. And, I mean, to be fair, early in the year last year, the Buccaneers were going through some growing pains with their new offensive line and bringing Tom Brady into town. But then by the end of the season, you know, they won the last, like, four or five of the regular season and went on to win the Super Bowl. So it's not unthinkable that the Chiefs could still make a run here. But, you know, it starts in a game like this. Because if they walk out of that game and they're 3-4 and four, and you have the Chargers at 4-2 and two, and the Raiders at 4-2 and two, and, well, the Broncos, they suck. They don't have to worry about the Broncos. <laughs> um, but the Bron- hoping. Yeah, the Broncos would be, th- well, they are 3-4, and four, but... So worst case scenario, the Chiefs lose and they're tied at the bottom of their division at three and four and they're a couple of games out. But yeah, this is a game that they really like can't afford to take lightly. But Tennessee is a really bad matchup for this Chiefs team. Like they were a bad matchup for them previously. And the Chiefs are just they were the Chiefs, so they could always come back and beat a bad defense. But now the Chiefs defense is even way worse. So I don't know. I'm leaning Tennessee. They're just looking out of rhythm for being this far into the season, I feel like. They, yeah. They're still, like, seemingly in practice mode, but they shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, they're adding a lot of new pieces. Like, Josh Gordon is a new piece of that offense, the whole offensive line. Like, the timing on everything they do is different. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is out now, so it's Daryl Williams' time. So this isn't the Chiefs team that we know. And I think for that reason... You know, I probably favor the Titans. And if you're able to get the Titans at plus five and a half, like take that all day. I'll take the Titans to cover. Four is closer, but still take the Titans to cover. I think they're plus 175 to win outright. So they're giving you good return on investment if you want to bet the Titans. And it's just going to be like which Titans team shows up. Is it the team that likes to play big games and shows up for big games and plays down to their competition when they play the Jets? You know, if they show up and they play like they did against the Bills, they will beat the Chiefs and they will do it fairly easily. If they show up and they think that they're hot shit because they beat the Bills and they take the Chiefs lightly, Chiefs can get them. So, all right, what's next? Moving on, we've got Falcons at Dolphins. Ooh, that's a boring game. (laughs) (laughs) Two teams that I despise. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley's coming back in that game for you, though, right? Yeah, but we'll see what he actually does. 
Yeah. Well, I do have AJ Brown going in the Titans game, and now I follow him on Twitter, and he's just talking about how he's had like horrible diarrhea from food poisoning, and what? he's like, "I'm never eating fast food again." It's like, well, you shouldn't have been eating fast food in the first place. But he's like, he was still sick after the game was over. But I was like, what? now I'm watching you to make sure. <laughs> was he on the COVID list? No, he didn't have COVID. He just had like Unrelated. food poisoning. Oh, just in general. Yeah, he still had a good game, even like feeling sick and getting IVs against the Bills. So. As long as Julio Jones is on the field, it's going to make things a lot easier on AJ. So, anyway, Titans on the road at the Dolphins? No. Sorry, not Titans. Falcons. Falcons on the road. At Dolphins. At Dolphins. Don't like either team. The Dolphins are in free fall, losing five in a row. The Falcons aren't too far behind them. I think they're, what, two and four, maybe? They beat the Giants and somebody. Maybe not. Let me see if I even have this up right here. I'll pull up the standings. Just so I have it open. Uh, Atlanta, two and three against a one and five team. So they're not that far off. That's right. They had a bye week last week. Um, I don't know. Miami's like getting ready to trade Tua to bring in possibly Deshaun Watson. Yeah. They're talking about maybe firing Brian Flores because... They're just looking terrible right now. Um, it's really ugly in Miami. I know they're playing at home. They play a little bit better at home. Like, they had a close game against the Raiders at home. They scored early against the Bucks at home. Isn't Watson still dealing with legal shit, though? Oh, yeah, he is. And they still want to take him. They don't care that much. They want to win football games. Yeah, that game's so hideous. I don't even know. My my gut says Falcons, but they always let me down. <laughs> They're coming off their bye week, so they should be more rested, more healthy. They've had two weeks to prepare for what Miami does well, and that's really nothing. So, I would have to look more closely at the injury report in case like someone specific is hurt. That's a problem. Um, but if Miami's got their best corners playing again and it'll make it a little harder on the falcons but neither team is good so i would have to favor the team that has the veteran leadership and that would be atlanta but it's like if i pick atlanta they're not winning and that's just the way it is (laughs) so i like if i want atlanta to win i gotta pick the dolphins and then like switch it at the last second so let's just move on then my gut says Falcons. All right. But it's always a crapshoot with the Falcons. They blew so many fourth quarter leads last season for me that I'll never trust them again. I mean, this whole week is a crapshoot again, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough week. But what's next? Uh, Jets at Patriots. Interesting. First time these teams met, I think, uh, what's his face? Zach Wilson threw like four interceptions. Threw at least three. So that Patriots defense is good against young, inexperienced quarterbacks. They showed that in that first matchup. I don't... I mean, I know the Jets got their first win, but they came out again after that. And it's like, looked like they didn't really learn anything from that. And like they mostly just got away with uh beating a tennessee team that didn't take them seriously 
because the Jets are one and four, the Patriots are two and four. The the concerning number for me is that the Jets have only scored sixty seven points on the year. Wait, what did you just say the Patriots record was? Two and four. Oh, really? Yeah. And one of those wins was the Jets. There's just, yeah, just between, like, if you look at the rookie quarterbacks who's playing better, it's definitely Mac Jones. They have a better system in place for him. I just, you know, there's levels to the hierarchy of the league, and I think the Jets are on that bottom tier still. And the Patriots are not far behind, but the Patriots can at least score. The Jets don't score. Yeah. They've scored 67 points in five games, so... What, they're averaging like a little over 12 points a game? That's not going to get it done. No. Okay, so I'll probably roll New England on that one. All right. I wish there was a way they could both lose. <laughs> I mean, they could, right? Well, they could just have they a tie. They could tie. Yeah. It's like a half loss for each of them. doesn't help either of them that much, but... Can they both... Can they tie at a zero? No. They, they have to score. They could tie at zero, but it doesn't give either of them a loss. Other than the people watching that game. Right. <laughs> Time suck. Yeah. All, All right. right. What's next? Moving on. Uh, Panthers at Giants. If the Giants weren't so beat up, I would say they have a chance in that game. Because Carolina is currently in the midst of their own three-game losing streak after starting 3-0. and And they're a lot like the Broncos. When they were playing bad teams, their defense looked awesome. Now the competition's gotten better. Their defense is giving up like 34 points a game now. They've lost all three of those games. And Sam Darnold has come crashing back to reality. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is the guy that the Jets got rid of because he was terrible. And I don't really think he's that bad, but he's clearly not as good as he showed at the beginning of the season either. And without Christian McCaffrey, they're just... It's just hard for them to do what they want to do without him in the game. And it's going to be tough for him to ever be 100% healthy when they want him to touch the ball so much. And you're relying on Sam Donald to come out here and like just be a stud quarterback and win these games. And you're relying on your defense to come out here and shut these teams down. But their defense is not as good as advertised. But realistically, the Giants are still missing Kenny Galladay. They're without Saquon Barkley. They're without their uh, young stud receiver, Kadarius Toney. So, is Barkley on IR? He, no, I don't think he's on IR. Mm. He might be, though. But regardless, he's not playing. Yeah. So two of your top three receiving options are out. The other two top receiving options are questionable, and they had missed the previous games before that. I think Sterling Shepard had just come back in the last game. And Slayton was still out. So their receiving core is completely beat to shit. Um, Their running back isn't playing. I like Devontae Booker, but they never should have gotten rid of Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman had a really good year last year filling in for Saquon. Like, he knows the offense. His running style fits that team. And so, I mean, Booker's a good, capable running back, but... Where did Gallman go? Atlanta, where he's doing nothing. Mm. Because they don't know what the hell they want to do over there. Yeah, because I haven't heard him talked about this here yet. Yeah, Atlanta, where running backs go to die. <laughs> I just asked Todd Gurley, how'd that go for him? Oh, sad. I know, he's not even in the league anymore. Poor Gurley. 
I mean, maybe he just takes a year off, heals his knee up, and then tries to get back in somewhere else. But didn't he not want to play because of COVID, or was that last year? Uh, no, he played last season. I know he played last season, but wasn't he talking about not wanting to because of COVID, or was that? I don't else? remember. I just, I saw pictures of him at a bar with Conor McGregor, and I was like, well, he's not going to be playing. <laughs> that was this year. Yeah, it was like over the summer. Oh. But the way things are going, he's lucky he didn't get into a fight with McGregor at that yeah, bar. Yeah, no joke, right? All yep. Right, moving on. Moving on. Um, Bengals at Ravens. Finally, a good game on the schedule. You got the four and two Bengals at the five and one Ravens. It's one of the only games that really matters this week. It's in Baltimore. The Bengals are good. Like they don't suck. We they saw. They look good. Yeah, we saw yeah. that they played a close game against Green Bay. Uh, and then they came out the week after that, and they beat the crap out of the Lions. So it's like. They did what they were supposed to do. They played a competitive game with a team that was at the top of the NFL. And after they lost, they came out and they like really wiped the floor with the inferior team. And now they're playing a team that I think is better than the Packers. Just the Bengals? Uh, the Ravens, I think, are better. Oh, the Ravens. So in my power rankings, I have the Packers lower than the Ravens. And I know the Ravens like get lucky and stuff, and they have all kinds of weird bounces going for them. But I like what they're doing. Like even even with all the injuries they've had at running back, even with lo- losing Marcus Peters, the defense has still come out. Like what they did to the Chargers was super impressive. They absolutely beat the brakes off the Chargers on both sides of the ball all day long. Like they never gave in. And I think they ended up winning the game like 34 to 6. And that's a Chargers team that was losing to Cleveland in the third quarter, came back and ended up winning that game 47-42 or something. So it's like this is a team that we know has a good quarterback, we know can score, we know has a supposedly decent defense and has weaponry all over, and Denver just completely shut them down. And so that's more impressive to me than anything that Green Bay has done all season long. I mean, they're definitely showing that they're resilient. Because it was not looking good when the season was first starting and they dropped all their Well, it's like, yeah, they had the the catastrophic loss at uh, Las Vegas. But that's a game that they were winning and probably should have won. And then I think it was the Chiefs in week two where they were losing and Mahomes made some bad decisions, turned the ball over, and then they were able to just run the ball down their throat. And they kind of just, like, found their identity again. They realized, like... This is who we are. This is how we need to play. Latavius Murray became the lead back for them. He's not playing this week with his ankle injury. But. (laughs) I mean, they still have Freeman. They still have Bell. They still have Tyson Williams. Like, they still have plenty of depth at running back. Devontae Freeman came in and had uh, some pretty effective carries. I think he carried the ball like nine times for 50-something yards last week. So And had a touchdown, right? Freeman? No, Le'Veon had a touchdown. Maybe yeah. Freeman had a touchdown, too. They scored so much, I lost track. But yeah. they might have all gotten one. So they're still going to run the ball. Lamar's still going to be a threat. That's not going to change. I don't know what the Bengals beat them at, other than maybe throwing the ball deep with Chase. They get behind the defense, but it's like you got to go up against Marlon Humphrey, who's like a, a mean lockdown corner. The Ravens, I think, have the better defense. It'd be interesting if Cincinnati beats them because they'll take the lead in that division and then they'll be in the conversation as one of the best teams in the AFC, not just a young team trying to like get over that hump and become a good team. 
But until proven otherwise, I think the Ravens are the better team. I think so, too. They're fun to watch. Yeah, they are. They've been on TV a lot, too, so. All right. Moving on. Eagles at Raiders. Ooh. Well, the Raiders finally, like, exercised the demons of John Gruden in that last game on the road in Denver. But as we just saw, Denver's not very good. <laughs> but they're playing for, for, I think, more at this point. Yeah, the question for me is more like, are the Eagles better than the Broncos? Yeah. And I don't know if they are. I think that they have more talent. I think that they should be better, but I think what we've seen from them so far hasn't indicated that. Um, but they gave the Bucks a good game. They they, they only have what two wins though? Yeah. No, they were on. I thought they were more than two. They were on a good roll in the beginning. Like no, they? they're two and four. They won that first game and then they lost a bunch in a row, oh. and then they beat Carolina. And then they lost to Tampa in at least a competitive game. And their game that they came back against Carolina, they dominated the second half to get back in that game. And, I mean, they even scored 30 on the Chiefs in a loss. So you got to think that I think they are better than Denver. And if they're better than Denver, are they good enough to beat the Raiders in Vegas? Like, do the, Raider, the, do the Raiders finally have that emotional dump after going through what they've gone through off the field? I mean, I don't know. I still think they have something to probably prove after all of that. They do. But this is a game where I think the Eagles can maybe sneak it out. They have the right kind of team to give the Raiders matchup problems, and Darren Waller's not playing either. So, I don't know. I just saw that he was out and that people were picking up Brian Edwards, and I was like, damn it, I never should have let Edwards go. I like Brian Edwards. He's a really good receiver. He just only gets like three balls thrown his way all game, and he has to somehow turn that into 80 yards and win the game for them. I know. I almost picked up Brian Edwards, too. Chris got him. Of course he did. Yeah, whatever. Chris, Chris is... A bottom feeder in the league, just like me. <laughs> um, can't be too rich. Yeah, it's Raiders in it's in game. Vegas, and I think you know everybody picked against them against the Broncos, and right before we had gotten home in the morning, before the morning game started, the only thing that was like speaking to me in my head was that the Raiders just like want to go play football. They're probably sick of all the bullshit they've been hearing for a couple of weeks or for the week leading up to that game. It's been all questions that were not about football. And so they finally got to go on the field and just play and they played well and they do have a decent defense. I don't know. Philly can steal that one though. I'm not sure which way I'm going to go. Well, I have the Raiders defense. So I need the Raiders to go crazy. Well, I have Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders, so I need the Eagles to go crazy. Excuse me, but isn't Goddard out? No, he's back. He was on the COVID list, but he should be back. Oh. He should be. I better check because they were advertising that he's coming back for this one. But he was listed at uh, as N.A. there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's playing. All right. And because I'm so decimated everywhere else, I really need him and Sanders to finally 
play well together in the same game. That'd be great. Okay, moving on. Moving on? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions at Rams. Ooh, this is a game where the Rams are favored by like 16 points <laughs> in this game because the Lions are that bad. Yeah, but Goff's going home. He is. It could... If anybody knows the Rams' defense, it's Goff, right? So I, I don't think the Rams should take them lightly. Can the Rams beat this team by three scores? Yeah, they sure can. Do they, though? Do they maybe take it easy on Goff because they're buddies? Does Goff maybe just know how to approach his defense from uh, from playing against them in practice so much that he's able know. to maybe keep it close? I don't know about close, but... I mean, 15 and a half point favorites. I think on the money line, they were like my, minus 1,700 or something crazy like that. Let me see if I can find it. So it's an over-under of 50 with a 16-point spread. So they're telling me that they think Detroit's going to actually score enough to get this game to 50 points, but the, but the Rams are going to win by 16. So they're saying that pretty much Detroit may score once. No, they're they're predicting or a game. Twice. They're predicting a game that's about thirty-four to sixteen Rams. Oh, I see. Okay. And I mean, I think that's giving Detroit a lot of credit in terms of how much they can score in this game. Unless it's because they think Goff will come out swinging. Yeah, but it's also Stafford playing against this old team. True. Oh, interesting. So both these quarterbacks want to come out here and. Crush each other. Yeah, yeah, they want to show the other team like you guys made a mistake. Yeah. But... Mm. So then maybe it is really high scoring yeah. because of that. I don't think Stafford wants to tell Detroit like you guys made a mistake. So I don't think he wanted to be in Detroit. His wife would just like not stop complaining during COVID. About wanting to be in LA. No, about COVID-related issues oh. in Michigan, and it was like, yeah, you can complain all you want about what's going on in Michigan. You're not going to be there that much longer. And this was before the trade rumor started. It was like, your husband's not like doing his job well enough in Detroit. So, you know, something's got to give. It's the same thing that was going on with like Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Like, how long are you going to hang on to this quarterback mm. and be like, this is our guy? And it's like, well, it's been 15 years and you never like got there. You went to the Super Bowl, you got embarrassed after being up like 28 points and losing, and that just totally broke your team, and they haven't had a winning season since. I think they had one. I think the year after that, they went 9-7, and seven, and that was it. And they've, they've been a losing team ever since that again. So Detroit never even got to be that team that was like that good. Like Stafford was a good quarterback, and he's shown that this year, but he still makes some of those like key mistakes. Like, he's still Matt Stafford. Like, he didn't just become a different guy when he got here. It's just he has better weapons and a better defense, so he doesn't have to do it all himself. But he still makes the same kind of, like, bad plays every now and then. But he's always been a tough guy. He's always, you know, tried to battle through injury and, like, put the team on his shoulders. So that 16-point spread is scary. That's a lot to cover in a very peculiar kind of grudge match here. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions cover, but I don't see the Rams losing that game unless they really just, like, fuck up on a number of levels. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see them go at it against each other. Yeah, and it'll be on TV out here for us, so we'll get a front row seat from our couch. What's next? It's the best kind of front row seat. 
Um, Second to Dolby. Sure. No, not front yeah, row. Yeah, I don't want to be front row in Dolby. <laughs> Texans at Cardinals. Cardinals. What are the Texans going to do in that game? I don't know, but they're 0.89% favorites. I think this is the highest we've seen in a. According to the Yahoo app. Yeah. Okay, so the Rams are minus 1,100, in a, and they're favored by 16. The Cardinals are minus 1,700, and they're favored by 18 against Houston. Houston's looking pretty terrible, so. Yeah. Arizona's undefeated. There's no reason for them to lose this game. Yeah, unless they wrestle their good players and go out there. Yeah. I mean, if I, there's just no reason for them to do that. Yeah. Whatever. I, I need I Kirk. I need Kirk to have a big one. So. All right, moving on. Yeah. Good luck, Houston. <laughs> Bears at Buccaneers. Also a hilarious percentage. Yeah, not as interesting a game as it could have been, but the Bears beat the Buccaneers last year. Did they? They did on Thursday Night Football. This is the oh. this is the game where Tom Brady thought it was third down when it was actually fourth down and that was that game but Nick Foles was the quarterback at the time who somehow just always beats Tom Brady so as long as he's playing Tom Brady's losing but it's because he's like similar game manager thinker like he understands how to play the game like Brady where not a lot of quarterbacks do well Brady's probably going to make sure that doesn't happen again though this year they should beat the Bears Uh, I mean Justin Fields has talent but I haven't seen him play well so far this season. Like, he's not playing terrible, but, like, to be a starting quarterback in the league and to, like, put up the kind of numbers he's putting up, like, you're you're better off with almost any other quarterback at that point. He's just mobile enough to, like, give them an extra dimension of threat when he has the ball in his hands. But he hasn't shown that he's, like, a high-level passer in this league yet. And... The Bucks defense is going to get after him. The Bears defense knows how to guard the Bucks, and if there's some key injuries, they might be able to keep it close. But, yeah, that's a minus 11.5-point spread on that game. So we're seeing some big spreads in some really disproportionate matchups this week. i got to think the Bucks are going to win that game. It's in Tampa. Last time it was Thursday night in Chicago. So they, they had the shorter week, the travel, and the weather difference. Yeah, and it was like Mitch Trubisky was quarterbacking Chicago last year, and then I think he got hurt, or they had lost some games that they were supposed to win, and they ended up taking him out, and Nick Foles came in, and then Nick Foles was the guy quarterbacking against Brady. So that's not happening. But I think Foles is still on the team. So if Justin Fields goes out there and doesn't have a great first half, and it's close, you may want to throw Nick Foles out there. And the way that Charles Nagy is coaching this team... Sorry, Matt Nagy? I think it's Matt. But it might be Charles. I do this every week with at least one player. It's Matt Nagy. Charles Nagy, I believe, is a 1995 Cleveland Indians pitcher. <laughs> so if, you're, sport if you were a baseball aficionado, <laughs> then you will know Charles Nagy. There he is, baseball player. Fact That's check. right. He was a pitcher for the Indians. He pitched in the 95 World Series against the Braves. And again, I think in the 97 World Series. But I digress. What's the next game? Um, Colts at 49ers. Hmm. 
a tricky one. Hmm. You hear me rubbing my chin in the microphone. <laughs> hmm. No, because your humming is too loud. <laughs> the Colts are playing better. They are. They're starting to get their groove. Yeah, the Niners aren't. No. The Colts should have beaten the Ravens. And, you know, had they won that game, like, you'd be speaking of the Colts in a, a different breath. But they are nonetheless 2-4 and four and second in the AFC South. They should be 500. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'll just think of them as a 500 team. And the Niners, I think, are also 2-4 and four now. No, they're 2-3 and because they're coming off the bye. So these teams are in the same boat. And if I want to look at, like, which team has the better defense, like, you would have thought it was the 49ers, but they're kind of chewed up on defense. So I think it's a push defensively. And then who's got the better offense? I would have to probably favor the Colts. It looks like the Colts have scored 139 points on the season, and the Niners have scored 117. The Colts have given up 131, and the Niners have given up 119. Weird. So, the Colts score more and give up more. And if they're playing Lance, like, the quarterback experience edge has to go to Wentz regardless. Doesn't mean that they win. It's in San Francisco, right? It's in San Francisco. Yeah, this is one where the injury report may end up playing a particularly large role. But Jonathan Taylor's been playing really well lately. And Marlon Mack is just sitting there waiting to get traded. Or not. Don't know what the Colts are doing with that, but it's killing me in fantasy as he's just taking up a bench spot. But How much longer are you going to wait on that? Till the trade deadline. So another week. So I could potentially be more than halfway through the season and just have to drop him. But then watch, as soon as I do that, it'll be like Jonathan Taylor goes down with a knee injury. He's already dealing with a messed up knee, but he's playing his best football on this messed up knee. So. And then he'll already be on my team by that point. Yeah, maybe. So. Moving on. I don't know. You have any thoughts on this game? No, I don't want to jinx anything. Okay. I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. Well, the Niners are coming off their bye week, so they've given their injured guys a little bit of an extra chance to catch up health wise uh i'll take a secondary look at that injury report before i put pen to paper on these picks but moving on moving on mm-hmm. all right final game saints at the seahawks oh boy it's brutal it is <laughs> it's painful <laughs> yeah i mean seattle played better than i thought they would against the steelers their defense played better than I thought. I mean, I think they were down 17 nothing in that game, climbed back in it around the half, made it like 17-14. Ended up having a fairly good game against the Steelers. Fairly competitive game. But the Steelers aren't exactly world beaters this year. And it's not like their offense has been blowing the doors down on any other defense either. So all the other signs during the rest of the season point to Seattle having the worst defense in football. And they still do... Uh, based on just all the numbers, but was the performance they put up against the Steelers indicative of them figuring something out on defense and playing better? 
or was that the Steelers offense that really struggles to generate more than 20 points anyway and they scored 28 so and it's still a Geno leading it's, right it's crazy to think that the Seattle defense gives up 28 in that game and I'm like that's an improvement because they've been giving up like 34 35 a game yeah so yeah but then Geno fumbles in this game on a fantastic play by TJ Watt at the end of that game but that's two games in a row where Geno's had the ball late with a chance to win, and he turned it over both times. And, I mean, that's realistically the difference between being a starting quarterback in the league and being a backup quarterback. The guys who are the winners who are at the top of the food chain don't have that happen to them at the end of the game too often. True. But it's happened to Geno in back-to-back games. But there isn't anyone else to be backup to the backup, right? No, they're talking to Cam Newton right now, though. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he'd be a good fit there, but... I don't want to see Cam Newton on the Seahawks, though. I mean, the guy that I thought that they should have really given a chance to was Kaepernick, but they already had Geno Smith locked up, so it was like, you know, we're not going to bring in another similar quarterback to have you be like a third stringer to Russ because we're not going to give you the starting job. Mm. It's like we're paying Russell Wilson $34, $35 million a year. We're not interested in having a quarterback <laughs> competition. Right. But having a serviceable backup goes a long way. Cam is familiar with the Seahawks. He's played against them many times. But I think Geno Smith is a better thrower of the football right now at this stage in their careers. And I don't know. As much as I don't want to, I got to go probably Saints here. Seattle's tough at home. They're still going to give the Saints a good game, I think. And if, you know, if the wrong Jameis Winston shows up, True. He'll throw five picks, and Seattle maybe wins that game. Seattle's got no secondary, though. Sorry, Jamal Adams. <laughs> but that ball came rifling right at your face, and you didn't even notice it. He was breaking from the safety position to make a play, and the ball just whistles right in it. It hits him right in the face. <laughs> like, And this is a guy who's saying he's the best safety in football, right? And he's like, he's the best like in-the-box safety in football. But coverage safety, nah, not even close. Yeah, he's been getting burned in coverage all year. He still, he still gets a, a lot of sacks, a lot of pressures, a lot of tackles for loss. Like he's still valuable for sure, but got to be able to make those game-changing plays when they matter, you know. Yeah. If you throw that ball at Earl Thomas, like he's catching it. Oh. Yeah, sorry, Earl. Earl. Got all kinds of fucking issues. Went from being the best safety in football to. Breaking his leg, divorcing the Seahawks, ended up in Baltimore, domestic violence issues, punches a teammate in the face, now he's out of the league. Sad times for Earl. Very sad. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It's going to be a crapshoot of a week still, I think. It is. I, it's so bad that I maybe even me playing the best opponent in our fantasy league, I have a chance because it's so bad. But before we get out of here, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves who are going back to the World Series for the first time since 1999. <laughs> they beat the Dodgers to do it. I didn't think it would happen. I saw the Braves barely make the playoffs. I figured they'd probably beat Milwaukee because they were in the NLCS last year. Uh, but the Dodgers just had their number. So when I saw that they were playing the Dodgers again, I'm like, all right, well, they had a good run. You know, at least... When they get to the NLCS, they'll lose to the defending champs. 
and they beat them. They did it convincingly. Uh, they did it in six games, won it at home in Atlanta. They're going to the series to take on the Astros, and nobody likes the Astros. So even if you don't like baseball, you probably don't like cheaters. Go Braves. Go Braves. <laughs> We're all Braves fans now. And on that note, that'll do it. Happy Football Sunday. Happy Sunday football. Happy Sunday football. May your fantasy teams be blessed. May your preferred favorite teams pick up wins. And since the Bills aren't playing, I don't have anybody to cheer specifically against. So good luck, everybody. (laughs) Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please help me out by liking, subscribing, sharing, wherever you get your podcasts. The show is an extension of thescheiss.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at info at And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills. Go Bills.